I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Packham. Joined this evening by Bat Knight. Hello. Jumping J Cross. Hello. And Jumping Joe. Joe. Come on. Uh, Come on, make it Halloween theme. Something really good. Come on. Bat. Branton. <laughs> <laughs> that was really poor. That was really poor. That for was for the sake of five minutes, you could have thought of I these know. in advance. I know. And Sorry about that. Well good. Yeah, I uh, I didn't really think about that too much. Um, this is a Halloween episode. As you can see, if you're watching live on youtube.com forward slash guitar nerds videos, you will see our beautiful Halloween set. Um, Ooh, big shout lovely. out to Maddie for dressing the set. It is good. Um, and yeah, look at this. Pumpkins that sort of look like Joe Branton. Yeah, um, I'm wearing some scary my Halloween suspenders as well. You are. Yeah, I know. I saw your lucky Halloween pants. Uh, they were terrifying, scary, as I assume they're supposed to be. That is right. Um, so thank you for joining us. If you are watching live, if you're not, if you're listening to the recorded audio, hello as well. Uh, we've got loads of stuff this week. Loads recordio. Of, the recordio. Uh, we got loads of news items. Um, I haven't seen any like Halloween themed news. Uh, I thought someone would bring out yeah. Orange did. Orange did. Orange did. did yeah. yeah, their whole website was like they're they're sort of really pushing their dark series. So they've got their three dark amps. What, what have they got? The terror, the dark, the dark terror. Then there's the dual dark, um, the dual dark, and they then do, the, the dual. They do two dual darks. They do a uh, fifty and a one hundred. Right. Okay. Uh, but yeah, they've got like their and the whole... micro dark as well. So oh, that's and, the other one. And the gym root. And the gym root's not a dark though. Is no, it's it? not. It's but it's it's black. So I think it's sort of. There's only series. there's only three amps that they're doing in their on their website. It's like it's got the micro dark on like a gravestone, and then the micro dark falls through the gravestone into hell and lands on the other two amps. And okay. the devil's there being like, "Yeah, these are my amps." They've been going really like weirdly over the top with their. Did you see you talking about their bass video? No, I'm not. I was talking about the headphone video. Oh, yeah. I haven't that watched that. Weird. I've heard the about headphone that. video is really weird. They, so Orange just launched two new headphones. One of which, both of which, just well, one's like 150 quid, and the other is like 30 quid or something. Um, and like to celebrate the launch of the headphones, they made this like 10 minute mini documentary about the history of Orange and how. 
orange the only reason orange exists is because cliff cooper wanted to create the world's greatest pair of headphones but he knew he couldn't do it back in the 60s so he had to struggle for 50 years making these amps that he didn't really like and didn't really want to have to make up until he could perfect these new headphones that he just made uh, which come out this year it was really weird i i I what don't know what's going. It's like some very oh, weird. weird marketing. I um I gave away a set of those hundred and fifty pound headphones yeah. on uh, on the social media for the guitar shop I work for. Yes, under the impression that they were the thirty pound ones. <clears throat> that was a mistake. Okay, um, <laughs> were you supposed to have done that? I, I we we shouldn't talk about it. Okay, fine. Probably, um, <laughs> probably best we don't do it on a live stream. We'll talk about this after. I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, the other one that they did, they did a bass video for their two. Um, they're two amps, the four-stroke versus okay. the OB1. Yeah, yeah. And they had um, the bass player from Mastodon versus his brother, who's in the band Hell Yeah. Okay. Um, and it it was like it. They did it as if it was a a bass off television show in the seventies, being watched by the Mastodon bass player who loses the bass off in the future where he's really fat and old and like eating pizza in his pants okay it's the weirdest the weirdest piece of advertising for their bass gear that sounds really weird I need to check that out it's really strange but definitely check it out so they have like a little bass battle yeah cool they have a bass battle like in a park somewhere but all like wearing flares and tight shorts and stuff it's weird so apart from Orange have we seen any other spooky Halloween uh, advertising any other campaigns? No. No. I read a spooky story, but it's not guitar related. <laughs> well, enlighten us. Uh, I was reading about, um, it was sort of Halloween, yeah, sort of Halloween themed. It was about gruesome experiments. And in 1928, two scientists turned a live cat into a telephone. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. They cut open part of its skull and attached an electrode to it. Which they then attached to a wire, which they then attached to an amplifier, and when they spoke into the cat's ear, it travelled down the wire and through the amplifier. That sounds horrendous. James, yeah. you, I take it you don't approve. Oof. Yeah, wow. Well, yeah. I mean, dark. I mean, it was 1928, you know. Cats were, cats were fair game back then. Yeah, yeah, fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, uh, after the big uh, cat exodus of 1934, when they all, <laughs> you know, they all got had enough of it, and they were like, no... That's yeah. enough. So before we're, we're, then, we're enough of being you could do as many experiments on cats as you wanted, and most um, of them didn't even notice. They didn't even have the internet back then, so how could yeah. the cats communicate with each other? So, exactly. Um, know, this was pushing technology. So apart from spooky stories, what have been all, all been up to this week, Matt? Night, no, you uh, had some new gear delivered. Uh, yeah. A couple of new gear days. What did you? Um, what did you get? Uh, well, today I have borrowed a. For people in the stream, they can see this. For people on audio, it's a. Fender, well, a Boss FRV1. Oh, great. Deluxe, uh, yeah, the 63 Deluxe Reverb pedal. Nice. Kind of, like, forgotten about, really. Great, so, I was like, great sound I was like, pedal. Yeah, I was like, I really need to, like, have a spring reverb that I can just sort of have on all the time because my two amps don't have reverb. So I was like, oh, I'm just going to give this a go. So we had one of those. But the main thing was the Line 6 FM4 Filter Modeler Pro. Okay, uh, the rack which I've mount. been after for a long time. Yes, yeah, so it's a rack-mounted version of a Line 6 FM4 filter modeler. This is an oft-talked-about bit of kit from uh, from you, Matt Knight. If you've been listening yeah. to this podcast for a few years, you know that probably back in you know four years ago when we started doing this, um, you 
I think talked about it in like the first two episodes or something. I did because before I started working at Guitar and Keyboard Centre in Brighton, which was the first major store that I worked in, there was one for sale second hand and I nearly bought it and I would not really know what to do with it then because MIDI wasn't like a thing that people really had on their pedal boards like normally, unlike sort of today. And then one came up on eBay and the guy kept relisting it and I was like, oh, I really should bid on it. And then and then it kind of disappeared and he was like, oh, I'm going to relist it. And then it happened to turn up on the Anton's website secondhand and I just bought it straight away. Really? I was just like, I'm just going to buy it. It's fate. Um, <laughs> so, uh, it's what, awesome. Have you been putting it to good use? Yeah, because it's obviously stereo in and stereo out like the, um, the stomp boxes. But it's easier control-wise because all the controls are labelled. So, yeah. you know, every t- with all the four series pedals from line six every time you go to a different algorithm or a different model what the controls do change and without the manual or the handy little sticker they used to give you to stick on the front you wouldn't really know what them what they did um, but this the, is all um, kind of on leds so aren't the parameters just listed as like spin and twist or something uh, tweak and tweeze there we go tweak and tweeze yeah. I wonder tweeze how long they thought work. of before they went through that they were like oh, we really need to name these two controls that can be generic for the entire the entire range yep um, probably yeah probably a lot of back and forth but yeah that um, so it's 99 memory spaces which is kind of cool because uh, the only thing is with the filter and the same with the DL4 is that 3 isn't enough you're never going to use 99 but you're always going to use more than 3 yeah um, totally it's, it is so weird that you don't handy. on you don't even get four on those pedals when you got the four foot switches, but obviously one of them is used for tap tempo and stuff. Tap tempo, yeah. In fact, I think on the FM4 you might have got four. Yeah, I can't remember if there was a tap tempo on it or not. But the the main thing for this was MIDI. I was like, oh, this will be so good to hook up to the ES8, and so far it's been amazing because yeah. you can do all the expression pedal stuff, but you can change patches easier. Once again, that's one of the the main things with the FM4 is actually you know having to bother stepping on individual pedals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want my pedals to do my work for me. Um, so and yeah, so- it's been quite good, and they've added a few different features in. Obviously, it's got balanced line out for recording and and things like that as well. How have uh, you stereo in, stereo out. how have you integrated it into the rig? Um, so I'm actually running into that straight into my pedal board, and then through the board back in into the amp, and then uh, just bypassing it via MIDI. Okay. Um, because it's got full analog bypass, so it you basically once you turn it off, it completely cuts it completely cuts out of the circuit so it doesn't add anything um i think yeah it, it, there, is, there is a buffer in there but you can bypass that as well so you can have completely analog drive through it um it was designed for studios originally wasn't it the filter series uh, sorry not the filter series the um pro series which were the rack yeah. mount ones and it never really took off because i think it was really at the, the kind of like the lowest point in kind of rack mount usage yeah. i suppose um, although I would, I mean, if one came up, I'd probably go for the delay, just because I think it'd be quite, quite cool, quite handy. It's got all the MIDI on there as well. So, I mean, because that's the thing, DL4 is obviously one of the best-selling pedals of all time. But if it had MIDI, would have many people switched to something like a Strymon? I don't know, because the sounds are still pretty good on the DL4. Yeah, completely, completely. It's, I guess it's a case of. Um yeah it just came before like high-end digital pedals i guess so all the features that you'd expect for those sort of pedals weren't really uh weren't really included yeah so um so that's been my main my main thing really sort of just messing around with that and um yeah that's i kind of 
pretty much haven't changed changed much this week apart from just adding that in but now i just want more rack gear which is kind of bad because i don't really know what i'm going to do with it all dangerous dangerous mm, joe indeed. brenton you Ooh. um you went off grid for a weekend oh uh, yeah yeah we're I trying did. to get hold of you and uh we were kind of worried that you had died yeah um so what what's going on buddy no i just went i just went off grid i just found well to be honest actually i was in the studio for the whole of saturday and i just i could not be bothered to communicate with the outside world for a weekend but you know i'm back i'm back i've been uh i've been trying to uh, uh, do you remember the last week i was talking about a product that i wouldn't name because i wanted it yes uh, that i saw at the um at the south of england guitar show well i've i've resolved to the fact that i can't quite get the the uh, twenty eight hundred pounds. It's a lot. Of, lot of hundred pounds. Yeah, I'm, I'm just a bit short of it. It, it was. Um, it was a Fender Bass Five that was at the show. Obviously, you guys know. But uh, for for listeners and 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 viewers, a Fender Bass Five is Fender's least successful, probably probably ever of of any guitar or bass. Um, the the Fender Bass Five was uh, something they made between 1967, I think, 1971, um, and they actually only made 200 of them in that time. And, and you saw was, one uh, in the flesh at the bass, yes. the uh, guitar show. The idea, the idea behind the Bass Five um, was to create um, was uh, it was designed for reading bass players. Um, so the idea was that reading bass players would struggle to get up their high end when they can't look at what they're doing. So it was a five string bass with only 15 frets, uh, but the fifth string was a high C. So you would move um, up your board rather than up, up your, your board. board. Yeah. So, uh, so up, uh, so up the board rather than down uh, across the board. Yeah. That well, so yeah. You'd reach the higher notes, but without going up the neck. That's right. Up yeah. the board, not up the neck. Yes, exactly. So that was the idea. Um, and it was absolutely brilliant. Um, I've got a great piece of art, art uh, in, in my flat, which was the their uh, advertising campaign for the Fender Bass 5. Have you? Uh, yeah, yeah, which, uh, which was... Um, it, it's a farmer in a tractor with the Fender Bass Five next to him in the tractor, and it says, "You won't part with yours either." Yeah, that's a, um, that was the classic uh, ad campaign from Fender in mid to late sixties, yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's right. Um, where like they have the guy on the surfboard, and there's people like driving with them in the back of the car, and yeah. with a like seatbelt around them in the car and stuff. Yeah, it was a great ad campaign, but the one for the Fender Bass Five was that one. It's but a farmer. It was a just farmers it was more totally. I don't know the more, audience for yeah. a Bass Five. Maybe who knows? Lots of reading bass player farmers, I assume. Oh, and yeah. Anyway, yeah, evidently classic. not because they they only made two hundred of them, um, but I thought they were brilliant. I thought it was a great idea, um, and I love the idea, and I've always loved the look of them. Um, and of course, having only made two hundred, the latest they ever made them was nineteen seventy one. So the chances of them that there's probably half, less than half, that are still active and usable. That's probably the only one in the UK. Could be. So I and it was very affordable because it was very well used. I should have bought it. Why don't you start a GoFundMe? I know, I know. Well, basically, I can't, I can't quite afford it. I have, um, I, I, I do need to get something else though because I have. Do you? Well, yeah, because I've got like about half of that burning a hole in my pocket at right, the moment. Fine. So. Oh, I think I'm looking at what you've got on your screen now. I kind of know what you've seen. I can't quite afford this either, but okay. I'm thinking about. So, uh, in um, in GAC at the moment, they've got a secondhand 1977. Um, uh, uh, jazz bass, um, rosewood neck block inlaid, and it is Olympic white. But the Olympic white has 
faded to such a massive extent that it is now full nicotine yellow like could almost be butterscotch right okay um but it is uh it is an incredible look and i went and had a go on it today and um it played like a dream like the proper deep thick 70s neck and uh, uh, uh the tug bar moved around to be a thumb rest and put uh, just below the fretboard so like perfect place for you to rest your thumb just a really great all-round jazz sounded sort of wonderfully hollow and honky um so a really cool really cool bass but yeah i'm, I'm not sure i can quite stretch the two grand I've been. I see. I, I still want a Gibson. I keep almost buying a Gibson Les Paul bass, and then being like, "Is that going to be? Is that going to be trebly enough? Is it going to be too weird sounding?" They're they're very very unique in the same way that you know, like the Thunderbird is unique, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the uh, the Les Paul's got a kind of weird honk. To yeah. it. They are quite toppy for a bass that's a mahogany body. You would think that they would be kind of like, you know, thick and rich like the Les Paul guitars are in comparison to the Fender version. version. Yeah. But they're not really. They're more like, they've got a kind of ping to them. Yeah. Um, it's just been, you can't, they, they, Gibson do still have some. Okay. Which is why um, I, I, I spoke to Gibson and they've got, um, they've got 40 of the 2013 gold tops in stock. Ah. <sighs> So there's still plenty of them. Wasn't there really? something that many? Yeah. Wasn't yeah. there something weird about the, those bases though? Wasn't there some spec change? Are they thinner or something? I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe it was 2015. Mm. So the ones they've got are they've got the 2013 and the 2011. Okay. I don't know what the difference is. Both gold I love, tops. That's a five-year-old base. I know. I know. Still, well, six. They've only got. Really? They've only got one of the 2011. Right. In, okay. But they've got yeah, like 40 of the uh, of the 2013. I keep thinking about that, but of course they haven't been on the. Sh- I remember them when they were in store, and I yeah. played them then. But it's been so long. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Like a thousand pounds is quite a punt for, you know, for something that I'm sort of vaguely remembering. I'm yeah. going through a bit of a jazz bass phase. Can't you? Uh, oh, you'd have to get somewhere to try one I guess that's going to be yeah no problem. one's going to have one that is uh, the problem no um, Jay Cross hello have you got any guitar related news uh, no not really this week this week um, I've been working aw- I was working I was working away it was an absolute like I was working away with this complete donut all week I had to really? part with him yeah yeah it was It was. was he, is he sort of really annoying short receiving yeah, hairline yeah really real nightmare hanging out with oh just realised he's in the room. Thanks, guys. Really, uh, really appreciate it. You know, um, it was me that Joe was, was talking about. Yeah, so, uh, you two were working away. We, we were. were no, so, that how, sounds sexy. How are your wrists? <laughs> Pardon? What? Um, yeah, we've been in the Westfield Shopping Centre for four days. Really? How about that? Exciting times. God, I really don't envy your lives. No, it was good fun. It was good fun in the end. I... Um, yeah, I was going to say I had to go on one of the swagways, but I actually didn't. In we the didn't. End. No, they were didn't next to us. Didn't get around to it. They were. Uh, oh, cool. That was a roaring trade. If you want to make some money at the moment, buy a warehouse full of swagways. Yeah. Because they will. Uh, they will make the munsies. Um So yeah, no guitar re- news on my end really. I will tell you what uh, was exciting. 
Um, spoke to Honey Boy Amps, who are yes. going to be sending us an amp on loan to not only do a video demo for, but also assess it for gear of the year, which yep. will be good. And cool. today took receipt of another loan um, sample, the Echo Line Roadrunner. Oh, nice. Um, pre- oh, nice. Preamp Overdrive. So um, nice. That's cool. So again, we're going to have a video demo of that. They're two things that we talked about seeing at the uh, South of England Guitar Show and. Yeah, hopefully we're going to have the video demos up um, shortly, um, and also perhaps they'll make it into our gear of the year considerations, which yeah. is, is kind of cool. So, uh, so we got that booked. We um, we actually got a rehearsal booked, rehearsal room booked for next Saturday. We're going to do something we don't normally do, which is amp turn demos. yeah turn amps up really loud. Uh, yes. So we're going to be doing a bunch of pedal demos uh, at Joe's as normal, um, which will yes. go out as the the pedal of the week and then uh and then yeah some some amp demos so i think we've got four to demo is that right uh yeah something like that i think we've got four amps yeah pv piranha we've got a couple of the little roland ones and yeah the uh the honey, the honey boy. boy so honey boy i'm very much looking I'm forward really, to turning up i think it's going to be i think it's going to be real be, fun yeah. awesome are we going to send a pink one so they are indeed going to send the pink one that we yeah. saw at the show. That's he, um, Andy from Honey Boy was saying that's the one he likes to send out because it's kind of like the most eye-catching. So, uh, yeah, we're going to be cool. demoing a pink guitar amp, Matt. How happy does that make you? I know, I know. I, it, I, do I have to buy it? Just you, you, I, I think you will. I, oh, come on, it's fate. I think you will have to buy it. <laughs> anyway. We also, are we going to be doing... There's going to be a little Brucey this week, isn't there? A Brucey? A, Brucey? a little Brucey bonus. A little, What's that? On Friday. Oh, yes, and we're also recording uh, some sort of beer-related video. In <laughs> We might just do the Marshall beers, but I'm going to try and get hold of some of the Gordon Smith beers, and we talked about maybe getting the Iron Maiden Trooper beer. Yeah. yeah. We're going to film a, a video, and maybe we'll do some sort of live component where you guys can join us for some beers on Friday night. And oh, it's going to be great. We'll, uh, we'll I see. think it's £8, isn't it? There's, a, there's some sort of tesco discount on uh, marshall beers at the moment yeah with a glass. Oh, yeah yeah that's right uh michael in the facebook group posted up that uh those marshall beers are on offer in morrison's at the moment so oh, man. which I'd, I'd not seen them on sale anywhere actually no. apart from the internet so beer of the year i think next next oh, friday or oh, this friday coming up so yeah which um, dedicated to jd short podcast listener for Sending them to us, yeah, yeah. indeed. Because Marshall wouldn't. They're, well, they. <laughs> well, I mean, they technically, never answer my email, JD so. is an is yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. 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 Shall we, um, we dive in some news? It's been quite a lot this week. Newest. Good, very good. First up, um, BBE have announced the Mini Sonic Stomp. Matt Knight, it sounds like the sort of thing that you'd be into. Yeah. Um, so, for those who don't know, BBE have had the Sonic Maximizer for quite some time now probably like well over 10 years if not longer um and i don't really know how to describe the sonic maximizer in the fact that everyone just says it makes everything sound punchier and better okay um no one really knows because i was doing a lot of reading i was like when i when it comes to this i probably should know exactly what it does but not even BBE on their website say exactly what it does. Isn't it? But, so it's like a make good or a pedal, but don't you put it at the end of the chain rather than at the beginning? Yeah, it, it was de- initially designed as like a piece of like um, studio gear, like rack gear, um, for just like processing audio through. So it makes everything kind of just sound fatter and boomier. And if you're using a lot of gain, it makes everything kind of sound tighter with more more sort of punch. Um, and then they've had a pedal form for ages, but the pedals are kind of like the electroharmonics micro pog sort of size. Yep. Um, 
And I just think BBE is not necessarily a name that most people go to. Once again, the Sonic Maximizer is not a pedal you think, ah, oh, I know what I'm hearing. I'm it's hearing classic. a Sonic Maximizer. Yeah, yeah. You know, and they make some other pedals that, are, you know, are good, but they're obviously not as popular as, as some of the other counterparts. So I think by bringing this into the mini form, um, then they should reach a much wider audience. And bizarrely enough, I nearly bid on a rack-mounted version of this today before I saw the news. It went for £25. I was like, ah. But the problem is the rack versions don't have an on and off. They're just Um, always on. They don't have a foot switch on and off. They just have, like, a button on the front. So I was like, well, that's a little bit pointless. I assume Uh, that the idea behind that is that you would just, if it was in a studio, just patch it in. You don't really need to turn them on and off. And then you just have have a button on the front so you can toggle between you know the processed audio and the unprocessed audio yeah um so yeah these are going to be i think about 95 dollars so uh yeah no sorry 99 dollars so probably about 99 pounds yeah um (laughs) and yeah i definitely one worth trying out like the make gooder a pedal that no one can really explain what it does but it definitely does something and that thing is good so yep cool uh i mean the i've always heard that the um sonic maximizer is kind of a classic studio effect but not particularly guitar friendly yeah, so i guess this kind of makes um, sense a bit like the apex punch factory yes that kind of optical compressor no one really knows how it works but it definitely made well, everything that was sound a, that better. is a great reference they but they also did a pedal that basically did what the sonic maximizer does so not the punch factory there was another one wasn't there this guitar the, expander the oral exciter Yes. Oh yeah. And they did oh, it for right. guitar or bass, I think, weren't there two? And there was an they acoustic did, one did, as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They um they were kind of what this is doing, but they were just a bit of a weird pedal, really. Yeah. I kind of um, want one of those punch factories still. Like that yeah, is a great I, sounding. They, pedal. they were great. Those punch yeah. factories. They don't go for a lot of money on on eBay, but they were a great compressor because they they could be fairly subtle, but they just kind of yeah they did make everything sound really nice. Like, yeah. Really, really rich. Um, Tech 21 a company that we all love and again much like BBE is kind of a bit underrated really in terms of their guitar pedals everyone knows the uh, the Sans Amp and stuff but yeah in terms of their range of guitar pedals not many people know about them two brand new fly rigs um, fly rig is a concept we've talked about quite a lot which are their basically their multi-effects pedal Combine- but they're like but analog. Are they analog? Yeah, they are. So combining yeah. the, the original ones uh, and the signature ones they've done have been like a uh, sans amp with, I think, compression. Is that right, Matt? And then a chorus and a delay? Uh, no. So it's like uh, drive and then you've got the amp modeling. Yeah. And then you've got um, a delay. The delay On some of them, the delay can go quick enough that you can get a sort of chorus like, yeah, out yeah, of yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, the re- idea and is a reverb, right? No, yeah. the idea is that you've got, um, I think... There's one extra effect on there. Maybe you had reverb on one of them, but the idea is that you have basically a drive with a boost, you have an amp sim, and then you have a delay with a tap tempo, was the, oh, the main okay. concept. Right. The, uh, they did the bass one, obviously, yes. as, as well, which had a compressor, a drive, an octave, or chorus. Yep. Um, I think that was it. Okay. Okay. Super well, good. Yeah. They're so, well good. Two new versions of the fly rig, the Brit fly rig and the Cali fly rig. I'm assuming, Matt, that the difference here is the type of um, sans amp that's in there. Exactly. So the original one had the original um, like sans amp classic in it and then um, had their kind of standard like distortion circuit. They did a Richie Cotson one, which had his OMG pedal in the front. And then you've got the Brit, which has got their um, British sans amp character series pedal in it. 
and then you've got the Cali, which has got the US metal um, Sans Amp character pedal in it, and then the actual Sans Amp amp model is the same, and the delay is the same on both. Right. So the great thing I always thought with these is, apart from the super compact size, is that you can go to any gig, and as long as the amp sounds half decent clean, this basically gives you an entire mini amplifier in yeah. a box. Yeah, they're um, they're just yeah a really good solution as we've talked about before, and I guess yeah you can just de straight DI out of it, right? Uh, yeah, well, actually, it's just input and output. So there's a couple of things. I suppose you could, in theory, yeah, you could just, because it's got the sans amp in it, you could go straight into a PA. I know some people go into, like, an effects loop return, so you still get the valve power amp. Um, the, the the only thing I, I think it's still missing is an, an insert loop. So yeah. if you've got a particular drive pedal like a Tube Screamer no, uh, or a, a particular a modulation point. pedal that you really want, you've either got to run it before everything or you've got to run it after everything. Yeah. It's, it's odd that they haven't thought about that. I mean, because they're so yeah, thorough. Yeah, I mean, but it then... literally must just patch out of the circuit and patch back in. True, but then the, I- the idea is in the name. It is a fly rig. The idea is yeah. that it goes in the front of your gig yeah. bag. The that idea is, is it's, your, it's your alternative. You're not supposed to use this if you've got a serious board. I mean, it's actually... A bit of a, a bit of an inconvenient size and shape to try and use with anything else on a board because it's so slim and 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 flat and cl- yeah. close to the ground. And also, I guess the other thing is like, you know, if they did it for in between two pedals, for example, you know, that we would then all be sitting here being like, well, I want to go in between the drive and the delay, not totally. in, in between the or yeah. like the compressor and the delay, or you know, whatever. There'd, there'd also be no point in buying their pedals separately. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's a cool system, I think. And they are when you see them in the flesh, you realise that they are so small. They are literally like front pocket of a gig bag size. So you yeah, can take photos. They look kind of chunkier. Yeah, no, see them. Tiny. And then I mean the price. I mean the price on the standard ones like two hundred and twenty-five. That's pounds. madness. When you think that's that's less than twice the price of most of the Sansamp preamps. Yeah, yeah. So you you you're paying for less than two Sansamp pedals, and you're getting. Four, five, or five. Yeah, yeah. I think it's five effects. Um, Matt Knight. Yes. Some Boss and Roland news. Now, being that uh, you work for Boss, we have to always preface any Boss and Roland news by saying that you do work there, which means that you are obviously biased, but you are a man on the inside, so you've got correct, hopefully, and accurate information. <laughs> um, tell us about the new Boss stuff, Matt. Yeah. So, uh, two new pedals from Boss. So, the first one is the CP1X um, compressor, um, which uses the MDP technology, which I'm kind of trying to educate a few people about um, because it is, although it's a multiband compressor, so there's other multiband compressors out there MXR, um, TC Electronics, Hypergravity. This uses obviously Boss's proprietary. MDP or multi-dimensional processing um, software, which is a custom piece of um, digital software that effectively analyzes your input signal and applies different levels and different ratios of effects to different signal um, commands or inputs. So you, in theory, get a much cleaner and more transparent effects pedal um, because of the way it can process the audio signal. If you're interested in reading about it, we recently put up a blog on the um, Boss website, which is, goes in some super technical depth about it, which obviously I won't go into now. But it's it's nice because it's adapted well for really low tunings as well. So the guitar one is specifically tuned for guitar. 
And then we also make a bass one, which is specifically tuned for bass frequencies. But it's the first compressor that will take um, seven or eight strings tuned really low and obviously with heavy distortion and still give you kind of punch and clarity rather than a more analog compressor that will kind of squash everything. Yeah. So it'll work for people doing stuff where you've got loads of gain and you just want that extra sustain and that little bit of kind of sparkle to the signal without everything sounding super squashed so you don't lose any dynamics basically um but yeah it, and it runs on 18 volts so it, it internally converts from 9 to 18 so you've also got maximum headroom as well so um, i mean i guess the idea here was to um release an alternative to the classic cs3 yeah yeah so- that- just, just rolling, well, it's, just rolling back a sec. What do you mean it converts internally from nine to eighteen? How does that work then? Because sure, you're only using a single nine volt battery or a PSA two thirty, right? Yeah, well, it's the same as all these other pedals. Like uh, they all, they the all run Plan. at eighteen, do they? Well, yeah, oh. well the Soul Food does. The yeah. Soul Food runs at nine, but it goes up to eighteen. It's like a small transformer inside that oh, ups the did, voltage. Oh, really? So oh, right. Yeah, like a lot of pedals now are using a step-up transformer inside the pedal itself. So right. um just allows you, in this case, to get more clarity, but I guess like it's more headroom generally on drive pedals and stuff, um, which yeah. is how the Soul Food managed to stay so clean if you wanted it to. Basically, huh. if you imagine a uh, like a waveform of peaks and peaks and troughs, and uh, at nine volt your voltage is kind of zero to to nine. Uh, if you imagine two points, when you go eighteen, you double that, so the the actual peak of the waveform can be much higher, which means that it's less likely to clip. So yeah, that's how you get more headroom. Um, so that mixed with the MDP means that you get a super transparent um, compressor, and because the controls are effectively active bit similar to what we were talking about with um something last i can't remember what we were talking about last week pedal um where if, as you move the oh the strymon uh, riverside yeah so it's the same thing so it's digital so as you move the control it kind of constantly tunes to a sweet spot this effectively does a very similar thing so um it's a real plug and play compressor so you kind of literally just plug in and no matter where you turn the knobs, you kind of get a really nice sound, yeah. which I think is quite nice because sometimes compress. I remember the first time I plugged in, I think probably a CS3. I didn't really understand what it was doing. No, and yeah, I was like, the, the CS3 why does everything sound so clicky and weird? Yeah, the CS3, and just the, but that's the same with all of those sorts of old simple analog compressors. They, there's really, it's all about finding the the sweet spot with those that works for the individual instrument. A multiband is kind of designed to they do just sound good in a different way yeah. wherever you Partic- wherever you put them. particularly with something like the MDP technology yeah. working because it's you know it's kind of intelligently seeking out the frequencies and yeah. um manipulating them slightly differently um but it looks cool Matt I'm kind of into it CP1X Hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? 
Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. It seems to have had really good feedback yeah. online yeah. already as well. I mean, it's not. It's yeah. it's so far from the from the CS three. Yes, of. like it's it's it because it's a completely different kettle of fish being sort of multi band. I think yeah. um, you know this is it, it's weird because I, I work for a company that obviously have been around making pedals longer than almost any other brand, and rather and they're kind of constantly always trying to do something different, which. You know, I suppose with me, especially for pedals for a long time, I was like, oh, but you should make the classics. And I'm always like, you should, you know, reissue old stuff. But, you know, it's, I suppose they're kind of doing the opposite to what everyone else is trying to do. So I'm still trying to get my head around slightly. He's, Matt's slowly being indoctrinated. Yeah. yeah. Slowly, slowly, slowly being indoctrinated. Don't worry, we've still got gear of the year to beat the enthusiasm out of him when we're <laughs> rec- recommending high-end boutique pedals all the time. I'm, um, and we push the boss stuff out. I'm still really interested to know, Matt, the what, how the MDP technology can make the bass compressor and the the compressor any different. Any different because the whole the premise of multiband means that it's covering the full range but it, of frequencies. But actually, this was this was the thing I actually found out because I actually asked the engineers in Japan, "Oh, what's the difference between the BC1X and the CP1X?" Because they're both multiband compressors, and they're like, "Oh, we don't actually use the term multiband because right. MDP is beyond ah, multiband." Okay. Um, oh, perfect. Fine. That's so. That's that's yeah. Okay, then. Effectively, MDP goes above and beyond multiband because. It it processes it in a different completely different way oh, i see where i think multiband takes a different level of frequencies this takes everything from frequencies to pick attack to like string volume right. so even string volume has an effect on how much compression is added to the signal um and then how hard you hit different strings and then the frequencies of those strings all have then different amounts of compression applied to them right. um, but it's the t- same technology that we've put in like the te2 so um, once again, and like the the OD one X, how it uh, applies different amounts of distortion depending on yeah. on that. But Dynamic if anyone's playing. if anyone's interested, there we we put up a, a cool blog about it, written by um, a guy called Jeff who's currently working in Japan. And yeah, he was the guy that helped um, design the DL four like way back in the day. Um, so he's like a massive. Uh, nerdy engineer knows way more than anyone I've ever met and uh, yeah he he helped write that so he's got a real engineer's head about it which is quite cool cool I guess the other product we should talk about this week uh, that also involves you Matt is the uh, Roland JC22 Jazz Chorus now we've banged on about the um, benefits of the Jazz Chorus for quite some time probably the last four years well yeah even before there was a even before there was a podcast well I mean even before there was a a small one available when it was still just the JC 
120. 120. The big one, the yeah. uh, big stereo one. So, Matt, JC22, what's it all about? Um, so, annoyingly, there was a couple of people that posted on the Guitar Nerds group about, oh, I really want a JC40, but I want something like, it's just a, still a bit too big. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh, yeah, I can't, I honestly... I honestly know the perfect amp. I just can't suggest it to you for another eight weeks. Um, yeah, so the Jazz Chorus 22 is 30 watts, not 22. I think they're calling it a 22 just because of the next logical step down. Stereo speakers, 6.5-inch uh, speaker, 30 watts, true stereo, uh, no distortion, uh, just chorus and reverb, super clean, still loud enough to play a gig. Um, yeah. Um, amazing really that it works it's better obviously if you want that kind of same sound for home use um but one of the best things i found about it was we actually did a show with this way back in august and me and alex hutchins had a jam on it with two guitars plugged into both inputs and if you turn the chorus on the way that the chorus works on these is the chorus only comes through one speaker so you turn the chorus on and the rhythm guitarist can have a chorus effect and the other guy can have a nice clean lead over the over the top. So it's actually a great amp for two people to jam along to as well. That seems like such a weird feature to include. Yeah, it's just it's I don't think it's like a fe- a feature they've necessarily thought of. I think it's just a byproduct of the way one the fact that you've got stereo inputs on there yeah. and two the fact that's just the way the chorus works. It's the same way the chorus actually works on the 120 which I didn't realize until few months ago so if you, you don't actually get a chorus out of both speakers you only get it out of one and then because both of them are working together and you, you that's how you get the effect so if you've just got one plug one guitar plugged in chorus is only coming out of one of the speakers but, but you're still getting sound from both speakers yeah that's quite weird yeah but if you're only going to input if you're only going to the right input only one speaker works and that speaker gives you chorus so you can have a mono amp or you can have a stereo amp using one input or if you use something like a Strymon Big Sky for example and you can go stereo out and then the effects are also panned left and right in stereo How, that's so really it's so, great, cool. so it's good for keyboard players it's good for anyone who wants to run a stereo setup and have a, a, a dry amp as well um, yeah really nice and they're really diddy um like surprise when you see one in the flesh i think they're landing about a month's time if less than that actually okay um, and they're really small they're like super portable as well right so well, i kind of want one because they i think they're going to be 395 okay are they if I remember are right they now. japanese made at that price no no not even the 40s or the 120s are made in japan anymore okay um 369 for the jc22 so a really nice like mini option if you want the jc sound but you want a small one yeah i guess it's it's roland kind of filling in that last gap because obviously you know you've got the katana which is the practice amp and then the blues cube stuff which is going after a fender sound but there's nothing small that does classic um, well, I mean, the thing is, the JC yeah. sound is a sound all on its on its own, really. Yeah. Um, and obviously, it's modelled in things like the Cube, and obviously, various other amps always do like JC clean. But this is actually the same clean sound ported in into a smaller amplifier. Yeah. No, cool little thing. Now, one bit of news that I wanted to talk about that actually isn't on the running order that we put together here. So, Matt, I don't know how much research you've done or how much you know about it. Um, Wampler Pedals have just basically done a revamp of their entire pedal line. Yeah. Um, it, they didn't really do a big announcement well they did kind of do a big announcement they did like a bit of you know some teasers and stuff on Instagram and 
I was I thought it was going to be something massive, and I was actually kind of underwhelmed by the news. But really thinking about it, it is kind of cool um, because they've taken a few older pedals um, and produced completely new models and things that are kind of standard in the line. They've done just some really interesting revamps, haven't they? So, what's yeah. what are the new pedals? There's a Pinnacle version two and the faux tape echo version yeah, two so it's a new tape echo um because the first when i saw the symbols i was like i'm sure i've seen those symbols before and all of those symbols that they post up on instagram are like the background graphic on all of the pedals yeah um and i kind of thought maybe they were like planning on a bigger launch and then tc came out with 13 pedals the week before and they're like <laughs> damn we've left it just a bit too late um but it was the euphoria um overdrive the pinnacle which bizarrely enough they announced the day before which i i didn't understand they kind of said oh here's a new pinnacle and then the next day they were like oh and here's like nine others um dual fusion there was a new one yeah um, pinnacle deluxe hot wired which is their brent mason signature uh the clarksdale so those and so i think there was a couple the Tweed 57 was one of the other It's a little ones confusing, well. isn't it? Because all of those pedals that you mentioned have had a bit of a kind of um, makeover. They already existed. Yeah, yeah they, they've, they've already got, existed. They've got kind of a little bit of a makeover and they've like redone how they look, but they've also added top-mounted jacks and soft switches yeah, as well. And they're in new, yeah, they're in new boxes, yeah. um, which are a little bit more rounded. They, they look like... I don't know this is probably a bit weird, but they look smoother. They look, yeah. look sleeker. Yeah. Um... Like the colours pop out a little bit more in terms of the actual design. Um, I watched the video on. I'm I'm really into Brian Wampler at the moment. Like his YouTube videos are really good. Yeah, he's um, he's got an incredible a, a, a credible way of explaining things. So I guess that comes from his background of like writing the books and stuff, like how to build your own pedals and stuff. like yeah, that. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, I've mentioned before that I I remember on um, a guitar forum like eight or nine years ago, if not longer, um, like way before I even moved to kind of Brighton he was going under the name Indie Guitarist and he yeah. was selling kits and then you could buy, for like 20 quid you could buy the kit and then he'd send you the schematic um, and yeah he was just like a guy on a forum at yeah. that point so he's been amazing what a yeah, star I, I know crazy and then I think yeah obviously he came out with, with Womp Pedals but he did a video recently like swapping all their op-amp chips and stuff in like a, ba- a basic tube screamer he basically built a tiny pedal on a breadboard and then swapped all the chips to kind of be like look there's all these myths about some of the chips but a lot of them sound really similar yeah um and it's kind of cool because you know he's someone that relies on making boutique pedals and the selection of what he uses and he's kind of saying it sort of almost doesn't matter some of it you know some people are charging so much for one chip but actually it sounds really close to this other chip that's like half the half the price um, so I thought that was really good and yeah he's got a great way of explaining things but things like the faux tape echo have got subdivisions now yep and also uh, it, it's got tap tempo which I'm not tempo. sure it had before don't think the faux tape echo did I think it was like a single pedal okay um, and I think just yeah the updated look I think part of the circuit's been changed I think the pinnacle deluxe has got a couple of extra features uh, I think it's just like an overhaul of their. I think it's probably to fit in line with like the Tumnus and yep. the Mini Ego. Yeah, um, well, that was the one of the ones that uh, I think was announced at NAM, but is now part of this kind of new line of pedals that he's yeah. that he's doing. So, yeah, good thing about Wampler is that they are always kind of revisiting designs, and I think Brian is kind of always thinking of 
you know how this can be better how can it be more usable for a working musician so yeah, yeah things they, like they kind of never really discontinued anything no they've always just kind of gone like here's a new version like yeah. they've sort of updated it's sort of a bit like full time with the OCD I think they're on like version 7 <laughs> yeah now why not though um, if the you know if the sound is really good but people are asking for you know top mounted jacks or soft switches yeah. or you know whatever it is why not just keep this rather than trying to introduce a new pedal to the market why not keep the same sound and just make it more usable well, for people I mean the the crowd is the classic example I mean they've been making that for like 30 years yeah it's basically been the same pedal no need to change no no need really. exactly. no need um now should we move on to brand of the week brand of the week excellent we should sing more uh, on this yes. podcast maybe we should make it a singing only podcast yes. I so, love that idea Joe Branton you've been suspiciously <laughs> quiet for this podcast have I? I I suspect well, no. it's you've because been quite, you've been yeah. doing stuff yeah, on your computer been, that relates to brand of the week well I was just building a couple of examples because that's right ladies and gentlemen on this week's brand of the week I am once again talking about um, custom build yes guitars do I'm, you I'm, keep bringing these up because Everyone that you bring up seems to be one where you can build a guitar on their website. <laughs> no. Is it because you've got too much time in your hands and you just piss about on gu- online guitar builders all day? I had too much time on my hands. No. Um, but um, I was I was thinking about Guitar of the Week. Uh, uh, guitar of the Week? Brand of the Week? Yeah. It is always a guitar. But um, I was thinking about Brand of the Week and I had one lined up for last week so we didn't do the brand of the week last week we had too much to talk about we did it, and yeah, it that's ended right. up being waylaid yeah and i was going to do that and i will come back to it because i was going to talk about um basically i've been really into i know the whole idea of this is we do boutique brands but after we went to the south England guitar show and saw so many cool little bespoke places i've yep. been i've been looking around at all those sorts of companies that will make you something completely bespoke but crucially and and this was the problem with a lot of the ones at the South of England Guitar Show is they were really great, but um, a lot of them sort of crossed that boundary for me of being somewhere between a custom build guitar and a um, an custom ornament. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. they're just so much money. They're just they're not really designed for people to ever actually play them they're just designed for a particular type look, of person yeah i know what you mean in and, a country you know, pe- manner people level that even at prs who you know yeah. are a superb playing guitar and incredibly well built but you know they are kind you kind of don't want to take out and do a rock yeah. and roll gig with them yeah exactly um, and a lot of i think custom builders fall down that trap but yeah it looks like the one you're about to talk about is a bit more rock and roll. Yes. So do you remember a few weeks ago we talked about Halo guitars? Yes. Now, I loved the idea of Halo guitars because they had such a substantial custom shop. They allowed you to build online. Um, they allowed you to send in like your own graphics if you wanted those printed on the guitars. Like They had so much choice and you could basically do anything, any pickup configuration, any colour. You could change headstock, neck profiles, ev- everything you want. It was great. But the downside, not a downside, it was great. They, they'd managed to make it work like that because they all the guitars were built out of a factory in China. The problem was they were charging 1500 1800 yep. quid for those guitars, which isn't a lot of money for a complete custom shop, but it's a lot of money for a, a Chinese guitar yep. for, for the build quality that they were getting out of those guitars. 
Um, and so I was trying to find someone who had a custom shop who's the whole reason they're doing that custom shop is because they want to make unique guitars available for people, not for just the elite. Yeah. And that is exactly what I found um, in Monica uh, guitars. Uh, Monica as in, as in K-E-R, not as in out of friends. Yeah. Um, well, that's a shame. I quite like to see a Courtney Cox just manufacturing some like three three fives or something. Do you remember when she was in He Man with Dolph Lundgren? Yeah, of course. And they had what? the uh, the magic whistle. <laughs> yeah, it was a synthesizer, synth, the yeah, magic yeah. synth. And they um, they couldn't do Orco <laughs> in that movie because they didn't have enough money. So they've got their little gremlin fella instead. So good. What yeah. a film. What a film. Yeah. Skeletor was amazing in that. Do you remember when he goes golden? Yeah, his whole body. So the thing with that uh, script was it was written well before it was a He-Man movie. Really? And they just went, oh, you know what's really popular? <laughs> He-Man, put him in. <laughs> Which is why like, they come back to like New York or wherever it is. Because that, ha- that doesn't happen in He-Man. Yeah. Um, they were like, yeah, get Dolph Lundgren in, He-Man, and uh, just use this script that's written for a completely different film. Oh. But it's He-Man. That's great. That's yeah. a wonderful knowledge. Thank I you. I know. Anyway, back to Monica Guitars. Uh, they were formed in 2011 by two fellas who are sort of about our age. Joey and Chandler. Well, actually, I should, <laughs> I should find their names. Dave Barry. Oh, that's a solid American name. And Kevin Tully. The um, very Irish name, in fact. But anyway, the um, uh, these guys... Um, uh, set up Monica Guitars the idea being that they would make custom build stuff um, that they make themselves in their workshop which is in their house apparently in Texas okay um, and uh, they yeah they, they make all the stuff there in Texas they source everything on those American parts um, and they are complete custom builds they do loads of body shapes, which you can have. A, but their website is gorgeous. You can have a flick through sort of all the body shapes they do. Now, yes, of course, the reason that I found this is because they do some lovely single and double cut Les Paul Jr. style things. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, which I'm really into. Uh, but also some more interesting things, su- such as the Tejas, Tejas, Tejas. The Tejas. The Tejas. That sort of looks like a... What was that Gibson called? That's a, that Taos. 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 Yeah, Taos. Taos. Taos is a city in, right. in Texas, I think. Ah, that makes sense then. Yeah, it looks like the modern, the Gibson modern. Yeah, it looks a bit like Reminds a modern and a firebird have sort of yes. melted together. Exactly, but they've done that with just a Telecaster bridge pickup in the example. Yeah, there. Anyway, so they've got this... Uh, I tell you what it looks like. It looks like that streamliner guitar that was the shape of a... Um, a caravan. Oh yeah, it looks a bit like that shape-wise, but without the artwork on it. Yeah, there are, there's some great bits and bobs. They do they do bases as well. Not that most of you uh, listeners will care, care. but uh, just to just to interject what? there, Taos is actually the Native American pronunciation and spelling of Texas. I see. There Makes sense. Oh, right. to, oh my god, that one you've got on your screen is the most hideous thing. They for, do a, for, a bright pink scratch plate for on seafoam green. Yeah, this a is hollow a body gold hardware Jazzmaster. They basically uh, let me describe this guitar for you, listeners. Uh, so Jazzmaster hollow body surf green pink scratch plate gold Bigsby and pickups maple neck. They've just thrown everything <laughs> that shouldn't why, why be together. Why can't I see this on their website? Um, it sounds like something I want. Yeah, if you, if you go, to, uh, I think if you go to the C section, also uh, everyone should follow them on Instagram because they post up all their really interesting, really brilliant guitars on there. Um, they're great. But anyway, so what you can do on their website is if you go to the build 
um, section. Uh, you then pick from three price points, which gives you access to a different number of then customizable things uh, and it also sets that's a base really cool. price yeah sets a base price of either 1100 1300 or 1700 i mean i'm sure it varies from model to model i only tried a few different models but that seemed to be general on those um and then you customize from there and it takes you through this nice little um sort of uh, orientation body style body color the top coat fretboard headstock mounting rings controls things like that um and then you go on to the end and it has like extras which include things like bursts you get you get to pick what type of moniker logo because they have a few whether you want one on the trust world cover if there is one um and you can also choose relicking is also an option on there so i made a couple just as an example to show you boys sorry matt that i can't show you so i made this or listeners or viewers or listeners or viewers but i'll I'll explain it i made a couple of examples so this was a mid-range with uh, loads of customizations on it and I was able and, and it's come out at um, uh, $1,790 in total for a shell pink matching headstock um, sort, sort of Les Paul it's, it's, a, it's a Les Paul Junior but I got this extra little cut on the top horns so okay. it's it, it's a bit weird so uh, with um, with like a proper um, what do you call these? Tailpiece. Like it's a trapezoid tailpiece. Trapezoid tailpiece. That's what I was going for. Trapeze tailpiece. Um, yeah. yeah it, trapeze. Yeah. Cracking uh, for 1700 quid. Or, and this is the best bit about Monica guitars, or $404 a month because they also have their own online finance scheme. Right. Uh, which is great. Um, so definitely go on there, check it out, design some models and post them on the Facebook group. Um, because you can do some really great stuff. I've also made um, a top end of their customization. Ma- made a mess, is what yeah, you've done you've there. made a real mess. I've made a hollow body um, Les Paul Jr. in burgundy mist with a gold Bigsby and gold TV Jones pickups. Um, but most importantly, you can choose the shape of the F hole, and I have gone for a lightning bolt. You've really effed that <laughs> hole, basically. <laughs> oh. But I'm, I think I'm, it really, looks I'm really into this. I'm just having a look it's now. It's great, like aren't some, they? And they're all someone's American done a hollow-bodied pink jazz master with yeah. two humbuckers. I'm so like, that's essentially, exactly what I want. Essentially, make yourself a um, an American-made Gibson or Fender-style guitar for less money than a Fender or Gibson custom shop with far, far more customizable options than you will get from either of the Leviathans of... Fender and Gibson. They look neat. Monica Guitars. Check them out on uh, monicaguitars.com and uh, yeah, post your inventions on the Facebook group. That's what I want to say. Yeah, people posting up into the group. That'd be super cool. Um, should we take a couple questions? Why not? Okay. Questions. <laughs> I think that was See your l- first day. Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. It's the first time on the podcast. Should we get that Dan Grace fella back? He was, <laughs> he was really all right, good. Really? Oh, for goodness really sake. Good. God, and I tell you what, the, one time. the stream worked as well, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, when it's we did so that. weird no, when you're here. Like, we've got no video. Mate, the, can you uh, maybe angle your tash up a little bit? Maybe sorry. I think it's interfering. Yeah, that's the problem. That's mm. the problem. The just, st- just, to, just to add that the, for some reason the YouTube stream has been like a complete nightmare today nobody is watching there's a couple of people struggling through and uh i can only like pass on my 
deep condolences for how dreadful this is but um, as far as I'm aware the video will work fine let's hope so yeah, yeah, we'll yeah let's, now, let's hope so otherwise it'll just be audio again this week let's but, see um, but yeah, audio is the best anyway. I think so I think it's going to be fine but yeah, yeah you know I quite like the old school vibe of just a bit of audio it's yeah. nice, it's I, nice. I, I, yeah I prefer the audio when I listen back to this I, you know you can do anything with audio you never listen to this yeah I do I listen to it and imagine you're wearing a crotchless tuxedo okay I mean why are you imagining Oh, that's true. Indeed. Um, so, <laughs> let's say, Alex says, looking for a new overdrive pedal. So far, I've settled on either the T-Rex Mud Honey 2 or the Way Huge Green Rhino. Any opinions, alternatives? What a weird I know. pair of things to narrowed it down that's to. That's what I was going to say. Matt Knight, can you think of a reason why these two pedals, and can you name any alternatives? All of um, them. I, actually, the Mud Honey... It's funny because that is actually a really. I remember the Mud Honey one, like the single one, is an awesome pedal. Yeah, like a great sounding. Thank, think Dan Grace. Does who was on the podcast uses one? I think that's his main. Doesn't it have a valve in it? No, no, no. no. It's not one no. of those ones. No, no. But the Mud Honey two um, was just actually the Mud Honey if two. If I've got to pick between the two, I'd say yeah, go for it. That's a cool distortion pedal the Mud Honey sound like an amp it's just like a just a cool sort of I don't know it's just quite sweet sounding and it's not too raspy um how what would be the best thing I don't know I suppose if in a way it's like amp distortion like a Marshall so you could go for like JHS Charlie Brown or a exotic SP drive SL drive probably be the two closest but I suppose the good thing about the Mud Honey 2 is it's got two channels yeah it's just two nice Mud Honeys isn't it it's, yeah it's basically just two Mud Honeys yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to throw I know they're kind of on our mind at the moment and we've been kind of banging on about them but I was very impressed by the Echo Line stuff that we heard the other day yeah. and also I've been checking out videos of the Thorpey Effects stuff um, and there's a couple of good kind of drive things in there obviously they do some fuzzes and stuff as well and I forget the name of them, Matt. You probably remember more than me. But um, loads of good feedback from them. And I've not heard one in person yet, but actually hearing them online, yeah, um, I mean, if you want they sound one, really good. So the best one in relation to this would probably be the Warthog, which is their American like high-gain one. Yeah. Because um, they do the Fallout Cloud, which is kind of like an old uh, Ram's Head Big Muff. The Peacekeeper, which is their low gain. The Warthog, which is the high gain. And then there's one other? Is there one other? There's a few more, actually, now. They've just done a couple of new ones. I think there's a compressor and a chorus or something as well. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, in terms of drive, maybe actually the kind of lower gain one, which is the Peacekeeper. Oh, the Gunshot. That's the one. That's the classic Thorby one, the Gunshot, which is their sort of standard, um, like just amp like distortion so yeah that would be one to check out I think it's probably around the same sort of money I think they're 189 or 199 cool cool yeah I think definitely there's um, some more alternatives but I mean if you sounds like you've been doing your research those two aren't just kind of plucked out of the air so no they're very I guess unusual we were choices. saying that out of those two the mud honey is probably the um, love the mud honey it's probably the way to go um, let's take one more question and we'll wrap this up Jay Cross you got a question from YouTube yes from the YouTube chat uh, Christian wanted to know uh, what would be a good school or small club gigable amp for under 500 uh, pounds uh, it says dollars here but 500 pounds uh, that we'd recommend so small school slash club gigable amp. 
I think it depends on what sort of tone you want, don't you? But I'm going to throw in there for the Orange Crush stuff. I guess some of that comes in under £500. Yeah, I mean, the uh, the CR120 is... Uh, I think stands up against any valve amp yeah, at that yeah. price. At that if, price, certainly. If you want something small, though, I'd, I'd suggest maybe like the Vox AC10. Probably won't you could be go for an AC15. Yeah, AC15. Yeah, that price. Yeah, you probably get, get an AC15. Um, yeah, so I guess if you want like cleaner and a bit more aggressive, then the AC15. There's uh, very. Uh, they're 580 for an okay. AC15, so you're okay. going a little bit over. But I think that would probably be quite a good one. Depends, uh, yeah, but once again, it depends. If you want more high gain. At that price True. range, the AC, sort of, the AC10 actually has a gain volume control. I just the don't 15. think it'd be loud enough for small clubs. No? AC10, no, maybe not. Yeah, at that price range, you do sort of suffer a little bit with not having the choice of two channels, do you? I guess. What about like the HT40, the Blackstar HT40? They're are they twin? They're twin channel, aren't they? Matt. Yes, they are. You could go, um, but they're kind of coming up to six hundred quid. You could go for the Studio Twenty, yeah, which would probably be loud enough. Uh, they're they're five three nine. DSL forty, I think they're DSL forties. I think are just over five hundred quid. It's such a weird uh, price point. I mean, I don't know what it's like in the US at the I moment. I mean, I but... hate to, I hate to throw. Roland into the ring, but you could go for a you could go for a Boss Katana hundred. Uh, easy be loud enough. Matt, let's be realistic. Nobody's going to go for a, a Katana one hundred. No, uh, I think so. <laughs> I think that'd be a great oh, I stumped. Absolutely I don't think, stumped. I don't think anyone's going to go for a Katana one hundred, mate. Um, how much is a uh, if we if you want to uh, you know pimp your brand? How much is a like a Blues Cube Hot? They're a bit more than five hundred. They're, they're more money, um, but I think if you wanted more versatility. The katana would be better. Blues cube hot's four six five, so under the five hundred quid mark. Oh, yeah, oh, I'd go I for mean, for one me, the blue, blues cube hot is a fantastic amp for that yeah. money. But I think yeah. overall, the orange crush, crush one twenty. I, I just think they really. really I yeah. don't think they're versatile enough. They're, well, that's the that's the only thing, isn't it? They're not as versatile as. Well, I, th- I just think if you're going to spend that money, why wouldn't you spend the money? If you're going to spend five hundred quid, why wouldn't you buy a Blackstar HT twenty? Which yeah. is then Valve. You could do that. Well, I mean, that's, that's the d- only thing. Depends isn't it? what you want to do. I think the oranges work really well with the pet crush. Mode. The crush one twenty now is five two nine. Right. Okay. So, I mean, well, that's but, that's expensive, you, isn't it? If you're in that price bracket, I think you could go other... for crush sixty though, and that gives you a bit of uh, money for some pedals. Um, yeah. And yeah, crush sixty is three eight nine now, so you could hundred quid to spend on a couple of nice drive pedals. Um, get yourself a TC Electronic Mojo Mojo, and um, are they still oh six? Are they still like forty quid? Something like no that. No one cares about they those do. Pedals. They're, they're great. What and are you a talking di- about and a Digitech Bad Monkey, and then you've got two. I awesome mean, Bad drives. Monkey is the absolute classic. Yeah, yeah. yeah I reckon that's the way. Oh yeah, to go. don't get the mud, honey. Buy like. Th- Four bad monkeys. Yes. Yeah, just stack. Buy three bad monkeys and a real monkey to <laughs> tread on the pedals for you. So yeah, so literally stack them though. Yeah, you got to stack them and then. So when you depend- turn one on, they all turn. Depending on. on how hard the monkey treads on them. Yeah, that's yeah. I there. was um, I was looking for an office pet the other day and okay. I was trying to buy a monkey. I mean, Josh still works there, right? Yeah. Whoa. He's your little pet. Um, anyway, with that, we should um, call it an evening. Thanks very much if you have stuck with us for the uh, YouTube stream. I don't know why we're having problems with the, getting the stream working. The internet's fine. 
The computer seems to be fine. Um, uh, let's deal be, with it. It'll later. be fixed for next week. Don't worry about it. Um, so, and thanks for if you've been listening on the um, audio podcast. As always, uh, the old school way is still the best. Um, if you want to support Guitar Nerds, you can head to patreon.com forward slash Guitar Nerds, where from as little as $5 a month, you get an extra half an hour of Guitar Nerds content every week. This week, we're going to be talking about the top five weirdest guitar pedals ever. Ooh. Um, for $10 a month, you become one of our executive backers, like these people have. Shall I go for a Halloween voice? Oh, yeah. God, here um, we go. We'll What's d- a Halloween we'll, um, voice? Da 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 dum. And I want to uh, know this week uh, in the Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum. How many of you are still listening? Which of the Adams family would we all be? Oh, dear. Um, Joe Branton could literally Wednesday. be. Can any I be of Wednesday? Them. No, she's I, too good looking. Wednesday, uh, Wednesday Adams is my first crush. Yeah. Really? Um, you can't yeah. be Morticia, too good looking. You cannot be Gomez because he's cool. Too cool. You could be Fester. You could be Cousin It. Oh, I'll take Fester. Oh, you could. Okay, that exactly. No, I think you're. I think you're the the thing no no the thing. That was, even that was too cool yeah no i think you're firmly i'll be the thing you're firmly fester i think so who would the rest of us be let us know in the facebook group you can also let us know on twitter at guitar nerds instagram at guitar nerds or you can follow us individually at mark underscore random uh, at matt underscore nightsy at jaybm1 and at joseph underscore 900 where joe posts gifs of his bald head and uh, big fat gut. It's mostly just me posting aggressive texts towards Southern Rail at about eleven o'clock at yeah, night. Yeah, well, that's that's all our. Te- I think. Oh, sorry, te- text, you know, text. whatever. Yes, yeah, so aggressive text. text. Aggressive <laughs> texties. <laughs> you, you know, been, some text writing on the internet. Have you been sending texties to Southern Rail again? <laughs> I have. Yeah, good. With that, let's call it a night. Thanks very much for watching and listening. We'll see you next week. Happy Halloween. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.